I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are, are your Kraken Captains. Hello and welcome to the season-ending episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. And what a second season it was. Sitting on the other side of round two, playing the Dallas Stars. I wanted <laughs> the abs in round one. Um, but getting Dallas in round two... I technically wanted it, but mostly because I didn't like our regular season play against Minnesota, especially finding ways to get pucks past Mark andre Fleury, which seemed impossible during the regular season. He's a He's but a Dallas, on the other hand, you know, played us tough during the regular season. Um, and we found a way to battle each night and, uh, you know, we did secure a win against those guys, um, but playoff hockey, the battle intensifies, Doug, and, and Pavelski <sighs> turned out to be kind of the bane of our existence. I know it's his thing, and, and part of me really hopes he does win a cup. I think he's one of those old pros like uh, Patrick Marlowe, you know, these old Ironmen, and, and he's got this crazy skill. I mean, that that first game, he tips a puck from 15 feet out. Um, he did have a tip that I thought was above the bar that they uh, high stick. You thought that was a high stick? They allowed. <laughs> I mean, you draw a line, and and they try. Well, camera angle, camera angle, and you're like, mm, I don't believe it. But <clears throat> the he's got skill, no doubt, and uh, he was. I mean. You write the story about this series, and, and he was a big Kraken killer, as they say. So, uh, obviously, no surprise, we're recording this episode way after, so everyone knows. But we, we fall to the Dallas Stars in the second round in Game 7. Uh, but, God, what a run for this team. Uh, sad, sad, uh, because I really wanted him for them. This, this team was special. These guys really came together, and... And I had fun going down memory lane and listening to some of the old episodes that we recorded and some of the things that we said that we saw, you know, early on really played a role. The chemistry and how every line contributes. That's been a storyline throughout the whole season. And I really wanted this one for the, these guys and they were this close. This close to getting it done and, and moving on to the conference championship against the Golden Knights, who we historically have not played well against either, so it was going to be an uphill slog, but um, really proud of these boys and uh, excited for next season. Obviously, we're not going to surprise anybody. Expectations are going to be a lot higher, but excited nonetheless for these guys, and uh, moving forward, it's going to be great hockey, great things for Kraken Nation. What about you, Doug? Yeah, Seattle took them to seven, JB. That's that's a first, you know what I mean? They took Colorado to seven, they took Dallas to seven. So 
I'm not going to do what we did last episode and break the series down for you. We all saw it. It's, you know, there's a big, big sad that comes with losing in Game 7 in any series. Too sad to so, break it down? Huh? Too, yeah, too yeah. sad. I'm too sad <laughs> to break it down. Oh, by yeah. the way, you you <laughs> kept it under five minutes last episode, man. I thought I kept it under five minutes. So, totally you did. I, you know, so. and, you know, but we all saw it. Yeah. When Seattle won Game 4, 7-2, to two, I was flying high. Yeah. It was just enough to... T- Tie the series again at two to two. It was a back and forth battle again. When they took Game Six to force Game Seven, I was confident in the team. But Game Seven was tough. You know, Grubauer showed up and he played a great game. That sucker was zero zero for a long time. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, we're not going to dwell on the loss though. I think you have to push back the tears and think about the good in this season. Yep. The second season for this Seattle team was like a complete 180 from their inaugural season. We went from almost last place to missing the Western Conference Finals by two goals. The team got valuable playoff experience, being able to play two full seven-game series, and that will resonate and pay dividends for this team in the future. They were the first NHL team in history to win seven road games in a row. Yep. That's huge. You know what I mean? Yep. They've, they have built and no doubt are still building a team that is going to be a force for years to come. So it'll be really exciting to see how the team evolves over the off season, And the draft should be really interesting too. You know, so we'll just look forward to the future. I look to the future. Rather than dwell on the past. Right. Before we get into the three stars of this episode, or the playoffs, as it were, or whatever you want to call it. The Maelstrom. Uh, and the Maelstrom. The Maelstrom. I would just like to say that, you know, it's a bummer for Schwartz. He was uh, undefeated in Game 7s. So, it was also uh. Eberly's birthday. So those sting a little bit more on, on, you know, when your birthday's on game day and you're looking for that win. Uh, and, and so, uh, but DeBoer, uh, coach of the Dallas Stars, he remains undefeated in game seven. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a part of me that, you know, really enjoyed that series and, and uh, enjoyed the Dallas Stars and so their fan base is pretty pretty neat, pretty nice. I was so. reading up. I was reading up on their Game Seven histories, the Dallas Stars Game yeah. Seven histories. Did you go so go back to been, Minnesota? They, they've been, <laughs> yeah, I went all the way back. I went nice. all the way back. They had so they were they were uh, five losses, three wins in their eight Game Sevens in their history. Two of those wins, I believe, were against two out of three were against your boys, the, the Avalanche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, so I figured this had to be a little stinger for you too, <laughs> to get another another hose from Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dallas, their bane of my existence. Dang yep. it! That those were the Mike Madonna days back then. Dude. Couldn't get yeah. past Magic Mike. I remember that actually. Now that you say that, like, I know you do. Uh, like, I know you do. <laughs> after the '96, it was between the '96, '97 season 
and the 2001 championship season. Yep, yep. Uh, of course, after 96, you know, Detroit went on a run and was dominant. But, man, yeah. They had that too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, well, I thought I would mention those little tidbits. And uh, I, w- I would also say, like, these guys did a, a lot of good work. And no matter what happens, you, you got to mention, like, things change in the offseason. This team was special, and I'll remember all these guys and, and all the things that they did. Uh, no matter what happens, I mean, there's going to be roster movement, and we'll get into that next episode, I'm sure. But Who are you rooting for to win the Cup now? Me? Oh, yeah. okay. That's the question. That's all the right. Question. Um, so <laughs> I, want, I want Dallas in the Western Conference because Vegas can eat cheese. I know. I don't care about either of those teams. Um, but <laughs> I hope they both lose. <laughs> the other conference is so hard. I really got a soft spot for Carolina. They do some really cool things as a team, like when they win with the fans and everything, like these different things that they do. And, and the team aspect of that team is, you know, very reminiscent of the Kraken. And They got what? some guys on there. They got some guys on there that I like, too. They got some players that I'm fond of. But I really like Bobrovsky. And I think he's I'm, he's on I'm, fire. Yeah, and I'm in Florida, so in, in I'm this Florida. <laughs> in this like league, when you've got a goalie that's playing like that, you ride that all the way to the promised land. So, but I just saw a video clip. Like I I've been busy, so I'm not watching all the games. But I saw a video clip of their OT win against um, the Leafs, where this dude. Pockets the puck and throws it between his legs. That's illegal. And they win the game on that, man. Like that's insane. It, so it gives me a little pause. So if you, I missed it. I missed that one. You, yeah, go find it, man. Because it's I will when you watch it, you're like, how did that Toronto? How did Toronto like, let that it's in Toronto. It's against it Toronto is. in Toronto. Like they call up and they're like, hey, Toronto. You know, you'd think they'd be like, hey, home, hometown. This I don't game know. Is rigged. <laughs> so after saying all that, as much as I love Bofrowski, I don't like the nonsense. And then you see the guy who clearly cheated and threw the puck through his legs, like yelling with his mouth open in the goaltender's face, like screaming at him, you know? <laughs> and so for all that, I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. All right. Yeah. I like that better than the alternative in the West. <laughs> yeah, and then if you subscribe to what I do, it's like I'd rather Dallas win because then I could say, well, at least we lost to the winner. You yeah. know, like, hey, they yeah. went all the way and did it, man. See, I just want them to – I want them all to lose. <laughs> if it can't be the Kraken, they should all lose. <laughs> That's right. Right. Okay, all right, there we go. Oh, wait, 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 no, no. But you, you gotta pick. You gotta pick a horse. We never got your actual horse. Florida. I'm okay. going with the Panthers. Going with the, the Panthers. All right. Well, I we'll think see. They were enough to beat Boston, and I think they they pulled it out over Toronto. I personally, I'm not really a big fan of the weird, funky stuff that Carolina does after their games, mm. where they're all hugging each other and figure skating around. I'm not really big on the showmanship. I think the Vegas showmanship stuff is cheesy as all hell. Wow, dude. 
They've I, gone. I have. I they've have, gone full I have, medieval I have times. Come, I have come 180 on Bowie. I'm. I'm. Oh, I'm that's good. Up. I was listening up. to that episode and I was like, man, we we lambasted him pretty I'm, good. I'm, <laughs> I'm warming up the buoy, so it, yeah. it might have been just a little thing, like you know, I fear change. First impression. <laughs> Right, yeah. maybe you you did say that you're like it's a first impression, right? I, I I was like my wife doesn't like him, but I'm pretty sure everyone's just gonna warm up to him. <laughs> and that's dude, yeah, he he weasels his way into your heart, that little troll. <laughs> that little troll. <laughs> love love that little troll. Uh, <clears throat> hey, if you're not wary of a troll when he shows up out of nowhere, <laughs> probably something wrong with you. Just saying. That's right. <laughs> okay. Not really. You can love whoever you want. <laughs> okay. We better get into the maelstrom before we totally go off the rip. The maelstrom, the maelstrom, maelstrom, the maelstrom. Okay, three stars. All right. The three stars of the series. Let's see. So starting with the third star, we're going to go Yanni Gord. Yanni! He had that OT winner in game one against Dallas. So that put us up one. And uh, he's tied with Justin Schultz and Jaden Schwartz to bring up second place on the team with 10 points in the playoffs. No, that's not, that's not true. I looked it up. He's got 13 points. Nine, nine well, assists. Well, well, how am I getting all the wrong information here then? Nine assists and four goals. We can run it back, but go look. I'm, I'm, I'm switching my apps. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it right here. He's got four goals and nine assists for 13 points in 14 games. And he opened up scoring in game six with a big goal. So. Yeah. 14. 14? No, 13. I'm sorry. 13, 13 points, four goals, nine assists. So he's the he's the team leader, points leader in the playoffs. Yep, yep. My, uh, the, I just want to say that I use the score. That's the app that I use. It's called the score. Well, we they're, can, they're, I mean, if you want to. They're not accurate. They're if, not accurate. They're not accurate. If you want to. They're making me look foolish here. Yeah, well, if they want, if you want to start over, well, I can edit it out. <laughs> Up to you. I think that's good. Oh, all right. Janberg Gordinsky. He's our boy. Yes, yes. And, and Gotta love him. We're going to get into all that at the end, for sure. Okay, second star, Jordan Eberly. This guy yep. is just... I mean, I know I've said it before. He's last year there were just times where it looked like he was skating through molasses, but he's on another level this year and and really really showed up in the playoffs and you've got to really respect him for it. He had an overtime winner in this series. No, in, it was in the, a beauty too. Man, yeah, and it's six that little spinorama backhander. That's what it was, right? Yeah, six six goals, five assists, eleven points. That's good for second in points uh, in the playoffs. If those stats are accurate, now I'm just second guessing everything. No, those <laughs> stats are accurate, my friend. So the thing is, is that you know we're gonna name the first star, but. 
these are all veteran players that have the experience and showed up when it mattered the most. And Justin I, Schultz was unstoppable. Schultz. I mean, he's not he's not one of our stars in this, but he's got to get honorable mention because yeah, that guy was a beast. We couldn't have done it without him. Yeah, I mean, he same thing. He for a D man, ten points, three goals, seven assists. Three Dude, really important goals. You, like, he had, he, yeah, he was, he was not letting them get the puck out of their zone. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it, it was amazing to watch these guys, and and uh, yeah, so Eberle's the second star. No argument there. It's it's playoff I'm, hockey, I'm, and, and I'm he showed up when it mattered to be the most. Where in the sea next year, if they name his captain, I think. He's got to be the guy. So it's interesting that you say that because, you know, anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I've been chirping Yanni the whole time. Yeah. But in his exit interview today, he named Eberly as one of his two two people that he thought could be the captain of the team. Basically saying, like, you know, he'd bow out of being the captain. And if so it's not me, it's him. And that see, I kind of like, as, as a fan of the team... I think Yanni Gord would make an awesome captain too. I think the one thing I would say about him bowing out or, or saying that, well, two things. If somebody asked me who would be a good captain of the team, I would never name myself because that's not in my personality. So that that could be a part of it. Like that's just not something he's ever going to do is name himself like captain of the team. Of that, course. That yeah. takes oh, I should, I should. <laughs> a certain level of ego, the next day. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's also kind of saying like, Hey, here's where the leadership at is at, you know? Yeah. So, so if Yanni Gord isn't the guy and maybe he's not the guy because he's like, Hey, I'm not that guy. Cause part of my, you know, personality on this team is that I got to go mix it up. And, you know, play with a little bit of abandon or whatever so that, you know, Eberly can skate over when I'm in the penalty box and be like, hey, what's the deal? Yanni's innocent, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe that's a little thing like, hey, I, I, I'm not going to be the captain because there's going to be these moments where I'm going to go over and, like, do this thing, which is beneficial to the team, but not necessarily beneficial for a captain to do. You know what I mean? But... But yeah, for sure, Eberly is a steady hand on the wheel. Like, he gets penalties, but you're never, I'm never like, oh, there's there's Jordan Eberly, like, mixing it up. You know, right, who no. knows, cussing up a storm, you know. So maybe it is like, no, hey. He's the, like, guy that, he's the guy that scores the shorthanded overtime game winner. Yeah, that, ju- you know, just, after that just as vital and will yeah. continue to have an A on his chest, I'm sure. But maybe it is Jordan Eberle. So uh, I, I I got no problem with your pick. Uh, but I would like to point out that I kept saying Yanni Gord. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I also, I don't know all the gory details about everybody's contract either. There could be. Though, though oh, both of those guys are locked up for, uh, for a minute. Three more years, I think. But we'll get... Okay. We'll get into uh, we'll dig into all that. I'm, in the, I'm sure in the, the next episode we'll we'll cover a lot of this stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. First star, Doug. First star is my man. May the Schwartz be with you. Yes, sir. Five goals, 
and five assists in 14 games. He had 10 points, but he played with some dedication. Am I right? Yeah, this is a little, you know, fudge because it's kind of over the two series and not just the Dallas series. But the way that he's played all season, but especially once again showing up as a veteran when it mattered the most and really like coming uh, with his best hockey and knowing that he's like, the ageless wonder and like on this injury management, you know, where he does basically doesn't practice, but playing the way that Tanev plays throughout the year for the entire playoff series. Both right. You know what I mean? High Just energy. Yeah. Crazy to watch. <laughs> yeah. And Cause you're yeah. like, dude, this guy, what's he got in the tank? You know? Cause you're like, how, how, how is he doing this when he can't even like practice the next day to get ready? You know, he's got to go ice up and, go in the like cold pool and then go into the cryo chamber and who knows what's going on behind the scenes. But in his exit interview, he was talking about injury management and all the things that he had to do. And he's, and he said, he's like, well, you know, we'll see how it all goes, but it's a lot better than last season. <laughs> <laughs> so for us and for me, I think he's the first star of, of the whole playoffs because of the way he played and the heart that he showed and, 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 and it, you know, showing up on the stat sheet where it counts and when it counts for this team in the playoffs. And, and I hope, I hope he can play for another five years because that's the type of player you want on the ice. Who's going to give you everything they got, you know, all these guys, Tanev and Yanni Gordon, all those, those vets giving it, everything because they know like you know think about this guy he's won one but he's on the tail end of his career and so is Eberly and and these guys they want another taste they want to lift that cup and that's those are people you want to follow they're gonna they're the ones that are gonna take us to the promised land so Schwartz number one star number one Let's uh, move on from the three stars and talk storylines. I think we got to start with uh, what went wrong. Um, you know, a lot of things went right for this team, and and there was a lot of growth in the season. But if you want to get better, you gotta you gotta fix problem areas, right? So I think we got to talk about the power play. Um. It was, you know, had some bright moments. Glimmers. There was a silver lining. There was a few where they scored, but yeah. most of the time, those power plays were just. Yeah, well, and that that the thing about the power play is, it was it was not great all season. Like it just had its moments. Exactly. And so they really, you know, the penalty kill was the kind of the other way. It was really good for most of the season. Had some stretches where, you know, they were allowing goals and I know they did some work and they it was like they had a the box system, the 2-2, and then they went to like the triangle and that didn't work. All right. Skip that. We'll go back to what we were doing and it, and it stayed pretty consistent and uh it was really good during the during the playoffs, and I would say except for a couple of fluky goals and tip-ins from 
Pavelski in the second round, which, you know, are hard on the face of it. And, but you know, you could body him a little bit more. Uh, the, the penalty kill was pretty good, but the power play, you know, you gotta, everything's magnified in the playoffs. So you gotta be able to take advantage of power plays, uh, when they're given to you. So I think that's going to be a big thing moving forward and I'm sure they'll, they'll work on it and, and find some system and, and have some, you know, something for the guys to work on coming into training camp and, and put the right people in the right position. So it's going to be interesting to see what the coaches do. Um, but that's a place I think we definitely need some work. Definitely need some work in the power play. It'll yeah. You're right. It'll be interesting to see how they switch it up. I mean, all the changes that are coming are going to be are going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, the the faceoffs also big 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 thing about winning faceoffs is that that's how you get control off the puck drop, right? You and if you don't control the puck, you don't control the game. So what? Well, and it was a particular problem in this series against Dallas. Yeah, we could not win a faceoff to save our lives. Yeah, it's funny because in that game seven, we won some really important ones. You know, yeah, down yeah. in there in the seventeen was, seconds to go, we was, won that one at the, least. We have guys that that can pull a bit, pull them out, but uh, leading into the next issue is consistency. You know what I mean? Their their faceoffs are not good. Yeah, sometimes they are, but usually not because they're inconsistent. Right, and. And that's that's the last thing we we got to be a little more consistent. I think if we want to be a championship team, you saw, you know, there was a a bit of a dichotomy in this series because on the, you know, historically through the season we were a better road team, but we won like important games at home in this series against Dallas. You know, game four, game six, leading into game seven. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, really we, won, game we won game six, you know, against the Avalanche. So there's some of that. But it's just, you know, like game five for us in this series was a stinker. And you you really can't have those. And, and even, you know, Grubauer, who's been so good, you know, those first two goals, it's like, man, you really putting us behind the eight ball, you know? Yeah. So. As, yeah, I mean. And and also like you know going along with that, and I hate I hate to talk about this stuff that's bad. I just wanted to skip all the bad. <laughs> look look to the future, you know. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like it's the same thing with uh, Maddie Beneers and Jared McCann scoring all those goals and points during the season, and then like kind of flopping during the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we can go right into the next thing, right, McCann? That's yeah, that's our next. That's he, the next thing to talk about. And like, I hate, I hate talking about it because I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. I wouldn't want you know either of them to like get traded and go to another team. Of course not. But if you can't produce more than like a few points in two, 14 games in the playoffs, yeah, I think you know, for me, McCann. Gets a little bit of a pass. He was injured. And then, let's be honest, Ty Cartier was a revelation. Like, you got to be excited about our future because that kid crazy that is insane. In. And, and like, like, we've seen the other guys, right? Jesper Froden and the Furcus Circus. Yeah. Well, right? think, think <laughs> about how good 
you have to be, and the chemistry has to be, for them to be like, McCann is back, but nah, our leading goal scorer, point getter, is going to be down on the third line, and we're going to stick with this Ty Cartier kid on the top line. Like, that's insane. Like, you know, however you want to, like, put it like McDavid gets hurt and comes back and has to play on the third line. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's going to be the biggest storyline of the offseason because there's no way that he isn't on the day one roster. Right. And so that's exciting because he was, like I said, he was a revelation. Um, and, and maybe there's people out there who are like following Coachella Firebirds and knew that he was lighting it on fire, which he uh, clearly was. He was their leading point getter, but it's baffling to be. There's so much talent. Yeah. In, in, I oh. mean, in that whole league, really, but like, yeah. uh, but on our farm team for but, sure, yeah, but to but circle back good. around to the, the point at the beginning is that McCann, I think it's a little bit of a pass because when he came back, it's not like he got to jump right back into where he has the most chemistry and, and he had, you know, he's, he's on a different a line. Hit, he probably wouldn't have been a hundred percent no matter what. Right. So I don't think you get plastered into the boards like that. Come back a week later. Yeah. But at the same life. time, you know, <coughs> if you're in, but three points, I mean, three points is that's, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't really producing in that series to begin exactly. with. No, but he was not. You think about all those guys like, you know, Eberly said at the end of that series is like, "Hey, you know, we're warming up. Expect us to catch fire, you know." And and they and he did and and they did, but but he basically said like, "Hey, we weren't all that we needed to be in that first series and and we're going to get better." So, yeah, he, McCann wasn't producing, but you know, Berniers. Berniers had seven points. That's that's not. Yeah, it, it it's nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, exactly, it's respectable, but it's just that the way that they sell him. I think. I think it's marketing, making yeah. him out to be like, and I, he is. He, I mean, he was intensely good through the entire season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right? he had his moments, though. I mean, there and was, he there... played. He played ridiculously good in the playoffs, but his the numbers don't reflect that yeah i mean he there's tons of storylines that make it tough i mean he's you know does he hit that rookie wall has some lulls in the season where it's like oh is he getting tired then like he finds his feet again and and in the dallas series you know you got a rookie across from you who scores a game-winning goal in game seven and you, you know, hit iron a couple times and, well, and look miss, at Tyler Bertuzzi miss an too, open has, net, you know. Tyler Bertuzzi, I think, has seven points just in the first series. Right. <laughs> With Boston. So, I mean, you, there's other rookies out there that are doing good things too. So, like, uh, you'd, you you want to see him step up in that instance. That's all. It's right. like kind of – it's and, and it's just a little disappointing. Right. And the but you know, for him the future's bright. It's oh only gosh. gonna get better, you know. Next season, it, he's yeah, it, yeah. You're absolutely right. So you're I gonna mean, see magic from him. So it, it's just a little bit. We need to, you know, look at these things from the whole perspective. Because honestly, 
everybody should be doing that on that team because if you want to win a cup, which I think is what we all want, and now we have a serious taste for it here in Seattle, like we're going to want them back in the playoffs pushing way past where they went this year. And thank um, the hockey gods that the team has the depth that it does because you can't account for injuries otherwise. And like you see, you know what I mean, with Sprong being out, from four, five, six, and seven—that's four games in the second series—and he's a you know one of our big scorers, snipers. Right. And then Burakovsky being out, never, yeah, never made it back. I think McCann missing those games. I mean, like those injuries. It's real. It happens clearly. Yeah, that's yeah. you got to have people that can come in and step up. Yeah, but I mean, most everyone. You gotta say, like, nobody saw Ty Cartier coming and being that good. That's just crazy. No, that was crazy. So, comes uh, in and scores in his first game, and yeah. nobody even knew who he was. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, you're right. There's probably people that do fly down there and, like, hang out and watch those games and did know. But the majority of Kraken fans? No mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is another just That's beautiful, so cool. wonderful story. one of the story best line. parts about hockey. Yeah. It's one of the best parts about hockey, I'm telling you. Because yeah. it's like all the big sad that you get for losing game sevens or like when your favorite player gets traded off to, you know, some other team that you hate. Like all that kind of gets evened out by these kids that come up and just like make you love it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We talked about Schwartz being the all-star. but Insane. We can we can re-mention him. Don't sleep on Schwartz. I May think, the Schwartz be with you. Yeah. This offseason, you know, he gets a little more healthy going into next season. And they keep him kind of on that veterans like rest. Love to see what he's gonna do next season. And I think everybody should be on their best behavior for that guy, because you know, he's got a few more years left. So it'd be nice to let him raise the cup one more time. Just saying. <laughs> we got to get there. We got to yeah. get there first. <clears throat> okay. Next. And we talked about Pavelski. You know, he yeah. was good. He was the bane of our existence in the series. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there, there were, were other. There were other, there were other, other yeah, big contributors. Yeah, Ruba Hints, star, you I know. Yeah, I mean, there are. Like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, Who was the guy that took the puck to the face? That was Heskinen? Something like that. Heskinen. Heskinen is, the, yeah, yeah yes, he got the yes, full, yes, yes. yeah, full face mask and came back. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have one for that guy because that was a, that was a totally <laughs> good battle with those guys. You know, the interesting thing is like Robertson, he had like a crazy regular season, 109 points. But he was kind of a shadow. He was like a Just in the drought. a shadow of himself in the playoffs. Got to figure that one out. See? And that's what happens sometimes. It's yep. like kind of the same thing with Jared McCann, you know? Yeah. They're out there lighting it up during the regular season, and then when the pressure's on. Yeah. Pavelski, you know, I've, I've watched him over the years, but seeing him up close in this series and just that magic tip yeah. oh that he gosh. has, it's – it's going to be fun to watch moving forward. It's crazy to see that like that's the difference between the guys that like really shine in the playoffs and the guys that like turtle up. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he works on you know, all those little extra things that you work on in practice, man. Just think about Adam Larson. I, I think back to Adam Larson saying like, hey, I practice that breakaway move that he made out of the box to score that goal coming off of a penalty. So, proofs, man. All that little stuff that you do day in and day out. Consistency <laughs> comes Consistency. with all that practice. Yeah. So, and he's obviously Pavelski's been doing it for a long time. And then, you know, consistency. We talked about games getting out of hand. We got to keep locked in. You can't have these, like, there was, it felt a little bit like you'd get to, we'd get to, you know, 3 2 or, you know, up a little bit in the series and then you take your foot off the gas. And it's like, no. You got to, like, stay in the mode of grinding. Score goal, you have to play defense. You can't just let them come back and score on you right after that. (laughs) Right, yeah. Some of those response goals sneaking back in, you know. That's killing us. And, you know, it's it's the playoffs. All these teams are really good. This stuff is going to happen, but it's weathering those storms and, and swinging the momentum the other way. And we just saw at least one game in each series where... It really just got out of hand for us. I mean, in the Dallas series, they pulled Gru in that game. It was right after the 7-2 game where you're like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're really going to do it. And then it just, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, you gotta got to get a little bit better than that um, moving forward. But what they do really good is block shots. 154 block shots in the 14 games of the playoffs. That's about 11 per game. And you know who had, you know, 10 of those? The Big Rig. Was it the Big Rig? The Big Rig led the team in block shots. Yeah. Thank God you brought that up because I was like really feeling not very good about the Big Rig after game seven. No, dude. He's... And it was just one bad bounce. That's all it is. You right. It was the it was the that. puck it's bouncing a weird way, you know. Bad bounce. <laughs> that yeah, could I, happen to anybody. Uh, it, you know, of course. I, it, I felt like, you know. It swung the tide. Numbers, for sure. It wasn't that great either. But I'm honestly like his, yeah, a lot of block shots. Dude, he, yeah, no matter what you say about him, he was he was coming with it the whole time and putting his body on the line. And that's all you can ask, man. Love him. I love yeah. him. Love the big rig. And yeah. against his former team. You know, he wanted it more than anybody probably or just as bad as anyone else. But come on. Uh, one it's got to sting. One play, that's got to sting. You know, yeah. So all the love. You, all the love uh, to the big seven. rig. Game sevens are so sad. <laughs> well, you think or about so that. Ha- like so how... <laughs> I mean, they needed offensive help in that game. It wasn't, you know, it was. It, it felt like the ice was starting to tilt the other way anyway. And yeah. Gru was doing everything I, he could. And then that one, you know, that bad bounce, and it's like, oh, boy. And then, yeah, that other yeah. shot, I mean. The he's, consistency. It's like watching two different Kraken teams. The team that beats them 7-2, to and then the team that, like. Comes out and coasts. They're like. We don't Somehow need to forecheck. Keep them to zero. Yeah, like it's zero zero straight up until like you know what halfway through the second, maybe yeah. more, maybe even further along. 
And of course, some of that is, you know, the will of the other team. And like, like I keep saying, these are the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, you know, it's kind of ebbs and flows, but you got to, if you want to win, if you want to win at all, you got to impose your will more consistently. So, yeah. And then, yeah, grew, grew. It's the same thing, you know. I think, I think grew proved the doubters wrong. Ultimately, in these two series, he it was, was exponentially better than he was bad. But he did have those few moments. Game five, for sure, of the second series, you know, you're like, oh, that was. A I wonder. I start. wonder if they mixed Jones in on a couple of those games and gave Grubauer a little bit of rest, if it would have made a difference. I mean, he said Gru said in his exit interview he liked playing every other day and liked the flow of it, and I think you don't see it a lot because you want your goalie to like stay in that mode. But the yeah. key is you got to, like, stay locked in the whole time, right? So just just those few little lapses. Um, and I think one of the things maybe for him is that he has the athleticism, especially side oh, to side. Definitely, definitely. The can, stamina and the endurance to be able to go through all that, I think that yeah. he's Well, and he can just, time he can time just again move quickly side to side. So when – when you have that skill, sometimes it makes up for those mental lapses that you have, and, and it's like a crutch. But you need to, like, continue to work on that. And he said as much in his exit interview because you can't always rely on that, you know, especially if you're getting older. Like, you're going to start, you know, physically losing a step. So things to work on for everybody, but – Honestly, we said it in the first series, and you watched that game seven. And if you think Gru doesn't have it, then you're just not watching the same hockey games that we're watching. Like, he's, he's unbelievable. incredible stuff coming from that guy. And, and locked in when he needed to be, but if we win game five in that series, it's, it's probably... It's a whole other ball ballgame. Yep. So, <laughs> everywhere to improve, including who, Doug? Everywhere to improve, including who? Including who? Who's next? Including everybody. Vince Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Even he, the MVP. The MVP, yeah, and the a star of of the last series. Um, yeah, he just you know he looked a little flustered and frustrated at times. I know I mentioned it early in the season about seeing him like missing pucks at the point on the power play, and uh, you know leading to turnovers that led to breakaways and shorthanded goals and things like that. And, you know, he, they, his unit got booted to second, second unit on the power play, or at least he did. So I don't know if he was like dealing with an injury, like most of these guys are, and it was, you know, hampering him and making him frustrated. But I think you could clearly see in some of these games and moments that he was flustered and, you know, short a step and, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, it's it's this playoff hockey is when the intensity is at its highest, right. right? But he's won a cup. I mean, he's been there. Oh, and he's he's a professional hockey player that's you know standing up there with the best of the best, right? So, I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing, but I I think sometimes 
you know, being that good and then stepping up against someone who's your match, yeah. A squad who's yeah evenly matched or maybe even a little like putting the pressure on you. Oh hell yeah, you're gonna get frustrated. Yeah. You know, I mean, but you're right too. There's this, you know, a lot of these guys are playing through injuries, right? And and that's all speculation because obviously he played every game. The NHL doesn't have to tell you diddly squat about anything. So, um, but he just, you know, there were times in the playoffs in general, but especially in the second series where he just looked a little out of sorts, and uh, so you wonder about that and. That just gets back to consistency, and I think maybe, you know, he had such a good season this season and and playing with these veterans and putting a lot of pressure on himself to be at a certain level, and sometimes, you know, it's a little too much when you can just play your game. Like, you pl- you know, you just play the game you've been playing all season. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of, a lot of championship teams talk about stuff like that where it's like we don't need to do extra we need to do the same thing that we did that got us here and so sometimes there's a little bit of that element to it and i'll repeat again this is all speculation like we don't know anything we're not inside anywhere or whatever nobody's feeding us any information (laughs) but it just that's the way it looked to me so anyway I still love those this Those seven-game series, that's the difference between the playoffs and the regular season is that. Right. You know, there's no sleep. No sleep for the wicked. Right. Exactly. Eh, all right, we better talk about the player we missed the most. We don't have to talk about any Game 5 inconsistency because we already have ragged enough, but I'd like to talk yeah. about Sprong. What you got yeah, on Sprong? Yeah, Daniel Sprong was injured. Mm-hmm. We we mentioned it already also, but for games four, five, six, and seven against the Stars. Yep. And I feel like we really could have used him, and it's just like you said, they don't have to tell you what happened, right, what the injury is. It's just a upper body. could be anything. Yeah. The interesting tidbit on that to learn was that he was ready for game seven. So... Yeah, a sprain. Yeah, a sprain. It was a sprain of what? You don't need to know. Yeah. Um, you're a sprain in my neck, NHL. Tell me exactly, because it's always like, man, I, you know, it's like these guys that miss all these playoff games. Yeah, but you'd like that's who you'd like to see out there on the ice. It's scoring it, a couple goals. I mean, one goal, one goal would have put us in overtime. <laughs> right, and you know? we were close. So close. Um, and I will say this again, like, I am not the coach and I don't make the plans, but I, I noticed that every time Sprong gets back into the roster after being out, he plays with his hair on fire. So I think, you know, if I'm Dave Hackstall and the coaching staff, it's maybe, hey, yeah, Sprong's ready, but who do we pull out and let's not upset the apple cart and we think we're in a place where, hey, he was ready for Game 7. That's what he said. And so I think Hackstall said, look, and this is just me talking. Yeah, yeah, Hackstall yeah. Hackstall speculation. Pr- probably Hackstall said, said no. we think we we have the team and the, uh, the way it is to beat Dallas. And we'll get through Game 7. 
then moving into the Western Conference Finals, we can reassess the roster and say, hey, do we want to move McCann back to the first line permanently, move move Cartier down somewhere, bring in Sprong, and then who do we pull out, Kiki, Donato, whoever it is. Right. Um, And so that's maybe the mindset. But for me, like knowing what I have felt has been that like his MO is that he plays with his hair on fire whenever he gets back into the roster. I'd be like, let's put the guy who plays balls out in game seven. Like let's put him out there. That guy with the rifle from the circle. Right. (laughs) Let's put him in there. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, something for the coaching staff to ponder during the off season when they look yeah. to extend well, our boys from gosh, it's like the hardest thing to even think about is like, will he even still be on the team? I know. In fact, let's not think about it any longer and just move on to the next stat, which move is on. Beneers. We talked about Beneers a little bit. How Beneers and McCann flopped. I couldn't help bringing it up earlier. I had to just. It's like Benny Nemi. Yeah. But so I wanted to like emphasize that point. Yeah. By talking about some of the other players. I mean, we've got 18 unique goal scorers. That means we got like goals from 18 different players on the roster in the playoffs. Which is, right. you know, a theme from the whole season, right? It's a continuation, yeah. which is beautiful to see. That's the coaching staff putting the team to work. Mm-hmm. And so, just like Beneers is like he's top line big star of the team yeah right so when you watch him in the playoffs and uh alexander wenberg has the exact same amount of points as he does bjorkstrand has one more and tolvenin has one more right then it's kind of like well who should be on the top line then it's a fair question you... but i mean that's only playoffs points it's like you got to go with who's been scoring the goals all season who got you here right yeah and i understand that but it's as like as somebody who's been watching the whole time and is watching this right now like this is the kind of stuff that like bothers me while i'm watching these playoff series yeah well number you know the numbers are the numbers they they don't lie i mean he's like you said it's same same amount of points as winberg and only one more goal and let's be honest winberg is not known <laughs> For shooting the puck. <laughs> no, I mean, so Wenberg's, Wenberg's like Alexiak. He's one of those like quarterbackers that like is really good at like getting them through the neutral zone yeah. and then getting a pass off to someone else. You like, know what's crazy though? I, I'm especially during the second <laughs> half of the season, I watch Alexiak just like skating with the puck. And making, like, fleet of foot, making moves around guys. And granted, he's, you know, a big dude with a long stick. But it's kind of like, what? He can, the boy can move, dude. He's got the moves dude, like Jacob. And, and, like, you and like you can sit there and be like, I got you the watch him, like, like pull Jager. the puck out behind the net. He's, like, back behind Grubauer. And he'll stand there for, like, a minute. Yeah. And you're like, come on, dude. You don't have a minute. Move it. But, like. He knows what he's doing. That guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. That and Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand. He is a legend. I think that's, I was going to, you know, I've been on the fence about, like, what's my next jersey? I don't think mm-hmm. I'm on the fence anymore. <laughs> well, I, I've been saying it. 
for half the season, ever since he's, Burakovsky he's nice. got injured, that guy is the signing of of the season. He is nice. He's smooth as butter. Like, you watch him with the puck, and he just looks cool as ice. Doesn't matter the situation. Like, game seven, whatever, pressure's on. Like, he just oh, moves two like, goals in game seven no, against Colorado. No care Martin in the world. Like, yeah. That is some priceless hockey right there. Yeah, he, you can't you can't pay for that, <laughs> right? And we didn't have to pay that much for it, so no. If you, I don't care what team you are, you don't get good stuff yeah. like that, right? So, yeah, yeah, everybody contributing. Berniers is gonna is. blow us small. away and, and make us look like fools next season when he scores nineteen goals in the playoffs. Of course. Of course. Yeah, and that's what I expect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he'll probably come right out of the gates, just lighten him up. Right. And that's what you want. Yeah, no. The future is so bright for this team. But numbers are numbers, so we, we, yeah, the numbers we point them out. Numbers. We point them I out. I mean, some guys, you know, some guys you don't really expect all that much from. Because they're in the third and fourth line, and you just figure these guys are filling the ranks. They're the workers, you know. These are the worker bees. Right. What about Tolvanen, though? That's another uh, one. Dude, you just dude, like thank the hockey gods and the GM for the Nashville Predators. It's the hardest part about being a fan of the sport because, like, you're looking at guys like him and Sprong, you know. And you're just like, I don't want to let him go. Tanev. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, and, like, you, we don't – I have no idea what's going to happen in the offseason. Who's getting traded? Well, we're, we're going to dig into <laughs> that. But, but yeah, for now, later. we got to continue to celebrate this team. So we got to mention the Ironmen. Tanev, Larson, Eberle, Winberg, and Borgen all played – 82 games in the season. Every game in the season. 82. Yeah. These are the boys. And they all played every single playoff game, too. So those those things you got to celebrate, especially Tanev, because he was injured last season. Injured for the entire and season last that season. He comes back and plays every single game. Yeah. It's one of his big goals. So, so love seeing Turbo on the ice doing his thing and and frustrating people. So uh, cheers to those guys. And also honorable mention to Dunn and Yanni Gord, who played 81 games. So a lot, yeah. a lot the, of strong the play on the ice. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The work, the, those are the Clydesdales of this team. Yep, got to celebrate them. Yeah, that's right. All right, last thing before we get out of here. This this is just a little preview because this is kind of, of like a season episode? finale. It's kind of a season finale here because the season's over. Yep. You know, JB and I aren't going to be hanging out every week doing this podcast for the next little couple weeks or so. But we're going to come back with an off-season episode to talk about the draft and trade, any trades that happen. You know, the moves yeah. on the field. The moves yeah, we've the field. got some unrestricted free agents so there's gonna be some movement gonna be some things but 10 picks in the upcoming draft including two in the second round so yeah i think it's five five picks in the top three of a deep draft 
So, so that'll that'll be really exciting to see, like the team add some more depth. To see who they're gonna pull up from the 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 depths. Right from <laughs> out of nowhere. And then and then who who is gonna leave that we're in love with and that we're gonna miss. Yeah, you know? so... The, Who are we going to be giving standing ovations for when they come back in another jersey? Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, <coughs> they uh, they came out with a yearbook for the season. Like, they had these these watch parties, which are going to go to any of them, because I was at work. Yeah, working. And at the last one, the last watch party, Game 7, they, they came out with a yearbook for the year. And I really want to, like, get one of those yearbooks and then get everyone on the team to sign it. Because I love this whole team and the whole season and, and everything that they did. And, and I, personally, I'll never forget this season. Totally defying expectations in the face of everything. And all the things that these guys did as a team. So fun to watch. It's legendary. Yep. Um, it's legendary. They're everybody fucking... betting against us the whole time, you know, uh-huh. undervaluing the Kraken and what they did. Oh, they don't have star players. Oh, they don't have this. They don't have that. Blah, blah, blah. Grubauer is not that good. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> to the, all of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Bright future ahead, but but a wonderful season to reflect back on and enjoy. This season is one for the... For the record books, for sure. Totally. And that's the other thing. A lot of these guys had, like, the best seasons of their career. So you're going to have to bring in some some fresh races, like Ty, because to, to, they can't – I mean, you can't continue to have the best season of your career every year. You know, you got to make up for some of that – the drop of some of that, you know. Grubauer's going right. to have to be that much better next season. <laughs> we, we just need to develop the killer instinct. We gotta win those two to one games. Can't be like, oh yeah, it was it was three to one, and then it was, you know, they came back, but we won in overtime. We gotta like, I want to see next season us like kill people. Like, okay, we're shutting it down. We've got two goals. We're shutting it down. Two to one. You know, I don't want to see any goals scored in the ten seconds after our goal scored. <laughs> yeah, or ninety, dude, or the most dangerous ninety seconds. Let's just yeah, not do yeah. that. Response goals keep, are a keep no. Keep the response goals to a good five minutes later. <laughs> you know what is interesting that I've also noticed about that? And I don't know if it's because commercial breaks and blah, 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 and time or whatever. But typically, the, the line that scores the goal stays on the ice. And yeah. I, I wonder if that's part of it. It's like, dude, there's too much emotion and like this and all this and then you gotta like reset from all that why don't you send another line out on the ice swap them out so they can play defense i don't know yeah i, I war well, well maybe you capture the momentum and you're like yes yeah, another because <laughs> we did that plenty of times this season too i mean we what uh, it, it was this it was this series against dallas where we scored like three goals in in under a minute or whatever it was like insane That's right you know, you just like win that face off, pop, Everly score, boom, Bjorkstrand score, boom, <laughs> you know, so, I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'll leave that to Allison L, Allison Lucan, who does the, the cracking analytics, she can tell me and everyone else, so I'll, I'll try to <laughs> ask her, more than all I'll, I'll ask her that on, <laughs> on Twitter, actually, and then maybe I'll have nice. an answer for that in the next episode, so. 
All right, Doug, you wanna you wanna wind us out? You got any more final thoughts before we kick this thing to the curb? I you know, I think we covered everything, JB. It was a hell of a season. Yes, it was. Cheers to you, buddy. Cracking captains. I'll miss you in the next couple weeks. Totally. We'll we'll have to go fishing. We'll have to go fishing. Golfing. (laughs) Did you say golfing? (laughs) <laughs> mini golf <laughs> okay okay go-kart just putters <laughs> we'll take in the go-kart just the one just the one club please yeah. <laughs> all well, right cracking captains podcast is the original cracking podcast and jb and i want to thank all of you cracking fans for listening we are hockey lovers doing it for the love but also doing it for you so let's go cracking Season three! Season three playoffs, baby! <laughs> we would love to hear from you guys, so tweet us at Cracking Captains. Hey, but keep your head up because another episode is coming real soon. We're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.